I guess the last thing would be agree to disagree is absolutely fine on the matters that don't impact your spouse directly. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay? You should be able to choose your own clothes and you should be able to vote for whom you, you wish and worship as you please. But the things that impact your spouse directly, like the home you live in, the amount of money you allot to various of your, um, you know, uh, mutual needs, those things, no, you, you can't agree to disagree. That won't work. This week, how can you and your spouse get on the same page, particularly when you agree to disagree? And does it matter if it's something big or something small and how that changes the dynamics of the conversation you need to have? Dr. Noel Nelson is here to help solve this problem. Stay tuned. I'm going to keep this short. First, thank you for listening. If you're a regular listener, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. This will help others discover us. Also, if you like the podcast, I highly recommend visiting our website, hitchedmag.com, which is updated daily with new content and where you will find thousands of articles available anytime. Lastly, I understand that not everything we talk about applies to everyone. However, I am confident that if you go to hitchmag.com and subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, that you will find at least one and probably more pieces of information each week that will help your marriage thrive. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again. It's been a while, uh, but she is the brilliant, the talented, the always knowledgeable and informative Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. So Noelle is a relationship expert, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad. She is also the author of many best-selling books. Her most recent relationship books are Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. She is also um, the founder of a group on Facebook called Meet the Amazings, which is a really cool uh, page to follow uh, where she highlights um, people um, in their elder years, I will say, doing really active physical things. Um, It's really cool. And uh, we are going to tap into all that wisdom today um, on a topic that you have highlighted for me, Noelle, with the title, Agree to Disagree Not. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to jump into this. So any couple is going to have disagreements, um, even conflicts. It's inevitable. So the question is not to somehow figure out how never to have a conflict between spouses. It's how to handle conflicts so that they don't devolve into fights. So yes, my, because fights are, are quite another story. You know, fights are the down and dirty nasty, and that's not what we're talking about here. Okay, no, that's a great clarification. So my first question then would be, wouldn't it be better to just simply agree to disagree? Well, if we're talking philosophically, yes, wouldn't that be nice? Mm-hmm. And certainly, it's great if we're talking about who you want to vote for in the privacy of the polling booth. Right. And it's just fine if we're talking about, you know, you prefer plaid pants and she would rather see you in polka dots. Not a problem. But when we're talking about where you want to live, how you want to budget your money, how you want to budget your time, 
and all the rest of the decisions that go into marital life because they inevitably impact your partner as well as yourself, well, guess what? You really can't just agree to disagree. You can't decide that you're going to run off and play golf all day Saturday and she is desperate to go shopping for a new washing machine. Mm-hmm. It, it just isn't going to happen. Somehow, somehow, you have to find a way to work it out. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be conflict there, right? But that's that's natural. That's That's not a bad thing. When you really think about it, Steve, conflict is how we get to better and more expanded ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And it's also how we maintain our individuality, among other ways, and thrive as a couple, not as two cloned beings. Right, right. So accepting that conflict is natural and not in and of itself a bad thing. Um, I love that. I wholeheartedly agree, obviously. A couple parts to the question here. Where do you start? Um, I I mean, there are... uh, you're going to bud, butt heads, for example, over whether to continue to rent your home or look for a house to buy. So uh, where do you start and then what do you do? Well, the first thing is you need to acknowledge, first of all, to yourself and then preferably to each other, that people will approach problems in different ways in order to come to a solution. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing right there is to realize it does not make them your enemy. It doesn't. It doesn't make them insincere. It doesn't make them dumb, stupid, or otherwise unintelligent. What it simply means is there are almost always more than one way to approach a problem. And so the first thing to do is to, okay, okay, Right now, I can't see for the life of me why you would want to approach it this way, but I'm going to try. So it's the old proverb, you know, walk a mile in somebody else's moccasins, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, I know, it's probably not very PC these days, but whatever you want to call it, shoes, moccasins, high heels, stilettos, right. yeah, yeah. whatever, loafers, sneakers. Walking in someone else's shoes means simply to make an effort, a sincere dedicated effort to understand their point of view, as opposed to belittle them for it, uh, dismiss it out of hand, um, steadfastly maintain that yours is the right way or else it's the highway, all that kind of stuff. You want to acknowledge from the get-go, okay, okay, I don't get it, but I am willing to hear you out. I am willing to try to see why you're coming at it from this other place. Mm-hmm. I. You know, the 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 prem. I think I feel like the premise of this topic today is super important because so many people think that when they find the quote unquote perfect person, it's all agreement. It's all we're on the same page. And I think just by having this conversation, it's letting people know: no, not only is it okay to disagree with your spouse, but that's the healthy thing is to have disagreements because you are two different people. You do come from two different backgrounds. I would, I would feel like I was missing out on something if my wife and I saw the world the same. Well, you're absolutely right, Steve, because the joy, one of the many joys of being a couple is not cloning yourself. It's expanding your point of view. And this can be hard on people because certainly in the beginning, certainly during courtship, you pretty much do agree on everything. Mm-hmm. 
or at least you pretend you agree on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Which can be lethal. But but the bottom line is when you really think about it, being two instead of one allows expansion. And expansion is what it's really all about. Mm-hmm. If you just take your own self, think about when you were two or three or four, you had an extremely limited view of the world, of people, of even yourself. Well, as you grew older, what happened? You expanded. You didn't just expand physically in your dimensions, right? You grew from one foot to two feet to three feet to whatever. But you expanded in your your way of experiencing the world, of seeing the world. You expanded in the number of people that you knew, in the number of experiences you had. You expanded. Well, you get together with your loved one, your beloved, and what you get to find out is they have a whole expanded world of their own, and you now get to share in it, not to put boundaries around it or anything like that, force them into yours. You get to share in it, to to expand into it. Mm-hmm. If, and this is a big fat if, Steve, and that's why we're talking today, right. if you are willing to accept, and that's step number one, that their point of view is just as legitimate as yours, albeit it could be very different. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. That is such a fantastic point. Um, Okay, so we've accepted that my way isn't the way, nor is yours. So how do we get our way when that is something that we actually do want? Well, first of all, you have to clearly define what the problem is and then make an agreement that you and your spouse actually do want to resolve this. Okay. So is the problem, for example, let's look at the home, okay? Is the problem that you're spending, you feel like you're spending too much money, you're currently renting, okay? Mm -hmm. And so you feel like it would be prudent to buy. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, your spouse is going, yeah, but... What if we end up not liking the place after a year or two? Yeah, but what if, you know, we have three more kids and they won't fit? Uh, yeah, but what if uh, it's, you know, the, the mortgage just goes flying at, we can't move, we can't do anything, okay? Mm-hmm. So what's the actual real problem? The real problem is we're not sure about our budget for home, mm. no matter where home is. Mm-hmm. So really that's the place to start. And what happens is we get carried away by sort of what the end result is supposed to look like in our minds. And we forget that, okay, there's step one. Step one is how much money do we have to do this with realistically? Only after that can you even start to consider whether staying in a rental situation is better versus opting for, you know, some method of getting a really low mortgage or whatever. Mm. But you see, we stray from the problem. Right. And I think that's something that we've talked about in the past is when you have these disagreements is staying on topic. Yes. Um, because I think a lot of times it's, uh, people will take out their frustrations and then start picking uh, other things that have been annoying them or have been on their mind and, yep. and they get off topic. So I think that's a great point. They, they get off topic. Uh-huh. And the other thing, Steve, is that, you know, we all have a, uh, I don't want to say fantasy because it's not make believe, but we all have a very clear picture of what we want the end result to be. Right. And that's important because you're never going to get there unless you, unless you have that vision. But sometimes we get so stuck on it has to look just like that, that 
A, it makes it really hard to see the other person's approach, but B, we're neglecting the steps to getting there. And that's what I'm trying to get at Mm -hmm. is you got to clearly define the problem and the problem isn't just that end result. Right, right. And I think that's part of the understanding what the problem is, is understanding the end result itself. Yes. Because I think uh, if you don't know why you want the home, it's going to be hard to identify the problem. Because exactly. that's, because the end result is the solution. Right. So if you don't understand what the solution is, you, it's going to be really difficult to get to that right. problem first. And what's really fun, and I know that seems like a strange word to put in the middle of resolving conflict, <laughs> but what's really fun about this is as you start to sort out, well, why do you prefer the buying thing rather than the renting thing? All sorts of things start to come out like, well, you know, I'm just tired of being responsible to a landlord. I just, you know, we have to wait every time there's something to fix. Or So other things come to light. Mm-hmm. And those other things are actually what are going to help towards a much more mutually happy solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And they're actually, yeah, they're fun to discover. Yeah. And you start doing that little checklist thing that people like to do of like the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So then you, you have identified the problem. Yes. Okay, now what? Well, now it's one of the things that you said, which is to con- to refocus on the problem as the important thing. Now, this is where you stop <laughs> you stop with the little niggy frustrations and other things mm-hmm. and you try to keep coming back to okay, you know, here it is, let's refocus. And This is the part which is sometimes troublesome to people. You want to take the high road. It's really easy when you get, I don't want to say fixated, but when you're really attached to a particular solution to shoot down the other person's approach as being, I don't know, stupid. Um, uh, Oh, you're not not taking everything into account. Um, You don't know what you're talking about. I've done my research. Do you hear what I'm doing? I'm belittling. Mm-hmm. I'm dismissing. I am not taking the high moral ground. And it's not even moral. It's just take the high road. Right, right. Just just resist a name calling. We know that throughout marriage in every aspect of marriage. Name calling is just out, gone, goodbye. It serves nothing. Mm-hmm. But there's ways of dismissing and belittling that aren't exactly name calling, Steve, mm. but are just as dangerous. And a lot of them center around, well, I did my research. <laughs> so is it like also like condescending, I would assume, it would fall oh, into that category, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's generally speaking in, in any couple, one individual who is a little bit more willing to do that than the other. Mm-hmm. So one of them is slightly cowering. I don't want to mean literally cowering, sure. but slightly yeah. going, "Oi, you know, maybe I, huh, maybe I should do a little more research," and that stalls the conversation right there because a wonderful response would be, "Let's do it together." I was going to say, I think I feel like a lot of times uh, to what you're discussing specifically now, a lot of times people will bully their way into getting the other person to concede. The yes. point, as opposed yes. to agree to the solution. That is a really, really good way of putting it because it is bullying. Even if it sounds kind of nice, oh, sweetie, I know you don't have the time to do these things. Sounds kind of nice, a little condescending, but it is bullying. You're right. Mm-hmm. But I think it, I, 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 I think that people will concede things as opposed to agree to things because they don't want sure. to deal with it, which is, sure. you know, in certain circumstances, if it's something small, of course, that's fine. It's like, I don't, I don't care what 
you know, brand of ketchup you pick up at the grocery store, like whatever you choose. Right. Like, right. Um, but in something bigger that the the example you're using of buying a house, Mm -hmm. that is something that you should agree on, not just be like, well, if you think it's a good idea. (laughs) Exactly. So, so what does that lead us to? And we've talked about this before when, it, when, when it's problem solving time is there's the time out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? You're right. I haven't thought this through for myself thoroughly. I haven't done my research. Let's take a time out. We don't have to decide this in the next five minutes. Right. And take that time. In other words, do not allow the bullying. Mm-hmm. And for heaven's sakes, don't concede. It just if it matters to you. Yeah. And I think we've done a podcast in the past about the process of, of slow, um, slow response. I can't remember what we called it, but it basically right. it was taking the time, yes. um, to not do these like quick reaction responses, but right. to really slow down, particularly on the big stuff, right? Like there's, yep. we live in this world of high, pace really fast, got to get things done, social media within seconds, within minutes, you got to post things. Um, but there's something to be said for like taking a concept, an idea, whatever it is, and then sitting on it for 24 hours, 48 hours a week, even, Um, not forever. Uh, you do want to be decisive at a certain point, but thing you will have a better perspective on things when you've really given it some time to simmer. Yes. And the other thing that's nice about that time to simmer is it also gives you time to sort out in your own mind what the important pieces of the solution are, Mm -hmm. because some pieces won't be important. For example, for me, all right, in my present circumstance, it was really important for me to find a home with a yard for my dogs. Mm -hmm. The yard mattered more (laughs) than the number of rooms, (laughs) kind of thing. Right. But, you know, it, it takes some time to sort out those kinds of, okay, so what really matters to me here? Because then if you concede, you're not really conceding. Then you're going, you know what? I'm good on this. I'm happy for you to have the den, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's important to you. Okay, fine. So it's, it's that kind of weeding it through in your own mind, because often you're right with social media and all the rest, we're so quick to just click and so forth. You don't have to be that click, quick with the bigger things. You need to first sort out in your own mind what matters, and then you're in a much better position to actually work it through in discussion with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good point. I'm, I'm like the the yard example. I think is a good one. So if you're if you're choosing a home, um, you you might. I think a lot of us are just reflexive and a lot mm-hmm. of the choices we make because it's the way it is or it's the way it was. Mm-hmm. And we don't think about why. And I think mm-hmm. this long simmering process gives you the why. So maybe you find a place, but it doesn't have a yard or it doesn't have a big yard. And mm-hmm. then you think like, well, I want a big yard. And then you have to ask yourself, well, why, why do you want a big yard? Because right. you have dogs? No, right. I don't have dogs because you want to 
put in a pool? Well, no, I don't want to do the maintenance of a pool because you (laughs) like the barbecue. Yeah, I I like the barbecue. Does it need to be a big backyard to barbecue? Well, no, actually, I could probably go with a smaller one to barbecue. Okay. You know what I mean? And you start going through that process of, and then it's like, oh, well, I really wanted a big yard because maybe that's what I grew up with. But like, I realize now as an adult, I don't need that size or maybe uh, in your circumstance, it's like, no, 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 I have some big dogs. (laughs) Like I have some really big dogs and they need some room to roam. So yeah, like I absolutely want a big yard. So, um, I think you get that process when you do sit on an idea a lot longer like that. Yes. And to understand that often, even though you're in a couple and you are going to do the eventual decision-making together, a lot of this sorting out process is to be done by yourself. Oh, that's a great point. Totally great point. And then you can, then you're able to like bring your understanding of this, the problem to your spouse, exactly, which may help them, or they may have came, come up with something that may help you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that is, um, that is excellent. Um, do you, I, I don't really have any other questions for you on this topic. Do you have anything that you would like to add? I guess the last thing would be agree to disagree is absolutely fine on the matters that don't impact your spouse directly. Okay. Okay. You should be able to choose your own clothes and you should be able to vote for whom you, you wish and worship as you please. But the things that impact your spouse directly, like the home you live in, the amount of money you allot to various of your, um, you know, uh, mutual needs, those things, no, you, you can't agree to disagree. That won't work. Mm, that is, yeah. a, I, that, no, that's, that's a great point. No, I do love yeah. that because we've talked so much about in the past about how, um, you do need that independence because that's make, yeah. that's what makes you, you. So yeah. having those agree to disagree moments, I think that's a good thing to highlight. Yeah. Um, well, this was fantastic, Noel. I know it's been a while, but I feel like we, we jumped right back on the horse and did a pretty good job. So <laughs> I do too. And I appreciate it so much, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, before we go, I do want to remind uh, the listeners out there that they have been listening to the brilliant Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a relationship expert, a popular speaker, and is also the author of many, many best-selling books. I mentioned her relationship books up, up top, Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. Those are her most recent ones, I should say. Um, her, her latest book, however, is Happy Healthy Dead. Uh, That is a book uh, which has a lot of really great research in it, but basically it describes how you can live a happy, healthy, active lifestyle all the way up to the very end. Um, And it's just packed full of like really great stuff, which is partly where the uh, Meet the Amazings, uh, you know, kind of branched off from this concept. So highly recommend it. Check it out. You can get more information at Noelle's website, noellenelson.com. You can also find this information at our website, hitchedmag.com. And uh, of course, all the past archives, um, all the... uh, articles that we have thousands of articles uh, a newsletter and much much more so hopefully you check that out and so without further ado that's going to do it for us this week take care everybody